Welcome to the RSCC podcast. Thanks for joining us today. My name's Adam and I'm on staff here at RSCC. Here at RSCC, we believe that you matter and that God loves you so much. If you want to know more about RSCC or to keep up with what's going on, follow us on social media at RSCC Family or visit our website at rsccfamily.org. We would love to connect with you. I hope you enjoy the message today. I'm glad you like that. Because I have to admit, I'm in that group that Adam was talking about. <laughs> that um, after Thanksgiving, then it's time for the trees, the Christmas songs, and all that. And I'm, I'd be glad for us to get started on that next week. But, you know, in, in our society, it seems like Thanksgiving sometimes is somewhat left out. Now, I know some of you ladies probably have been preparing for, for weeks, you know, at least thinking about, uh, you know, getting that turkey bought and you got to get it thawed out now and all that. So there are a lot of preparations that go on, but we seem to jump from, you know, Halloween right into Christmas. And if you go to Walmart on, you know, October 31st, if you go late in the afternoon, early evening, Halloween candy's gone, or it's into a little section of what's left over, and all the Christmas candy's out, all those Christmas baskets and different things are already there. We jump right past it. You know, even here in town, if you noticed, before Halloween, the street department was putting up the Christmas decorations. And I understand there's a, you know, a pragmatic, practical reason. If I were one of those street workers, I would want to be doing that in the good weather rather than today. So there, there's you know, some practical reasons maybe, but I think sometimes we may take Thanksgiving too lightly. Now we, we look forward to having our family together and enjoying a large meal and uh, maybe some of you go shopping on Friday. But you know, Thanksgiving is a little bit different than other holidays, it seems. Most of those, or at least many of them, they center around a specific event or a, a person, you know, like the birth of Christ or the death of Christ, the resurrection, you know, Fourth of July. There's some significant things that happened on that date, or at least what we celebrate on that chosen date. And Thanksgiving is a little, little different. It's, it's about an attitude. You know, it's not about a, a, a person or a particular event. It's an attitude. And it's an attitude that we ought to display in our lives year-round. You know, and when we say thanks or thank you to someone or talk about, you know, the word thanks, you know, what do we really mean by that? Um, you know, we can use the word thanks in several different ways. Uh, we might say, you know, to someone... Um, you know, who got themselves into a mess, we might say, you know, that uh, they had no one to thank but themselves for the situation they're in. Or sarcastically, kind of on the opposite side, we might say, well, no thanks to you, you know, when we're saying you really didn't help out there. Or we might even say, you know, if you're traveling, you know, our flight was delayed due to the fog or the bad weather or, or whatever. You know, we're ta- that we're saying thanks because it caused something. Usually we're expressing appreciation or thanksgiving or gratitude with the word uh, thanks. You know, from what I understand, there are some cultures that don't, even, that don't have the word thanks 
in their vocabulary. Instead, they have different phrases that paint pictures of what it means. In some African tribes, when they want to say thank you, they say, my head is in the dirt. Or, I sit down on the ground before you. And they're expressing uh, a humility toward the person and a dependence upon the person who did something that blessed them or benefited them. In one Asian culture, their way of expressing thanks is to say, I will tell your name. In other words, I'll tell people what you did for me. And show it, that's how they express that appreciation. And if you're a fan of old Western movies, you might remember a phrase that the cowboy would say to express his thanks. You know, maybe the farmer's wife has given him, a, you know, some cold water to drink or maybe fed him or something. And he would say, much obliged, ma'am. You know, we don't, don't hear that phrase, but, you know... What, what, what does that mean to be obliged? You know, he's obligated. He's expressing, you know, thanks. I'm in your debt. You did something for me, and now there is a debt. And when we do something for someone and um, they say thanks, you know, we're not usually expecting them to actually do something to pay us back. Yet it is nice when we've done something for someone to hear the word thanks or, or thank you. Um, but usually we don't intend really any obligation to be fulfilled. In this time of year, we may take a few moments to uh, maybe make a list of our blessings, you know, things that have gone right in our life in the, the past year. But, you know, this kind of approach to Thanksgiving can leave us sometimes, you know, when we're weighing the events of our life. Sometimes we can make a pretty long list of things we're thankful for. And there are other times, though, the life's pretty rough. And that list is maybe a little bit shorter. But Paul tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 that we are to give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. To give thanks in all circumstances. And how do we do that when that list of maybe what we're thankful for is a little shorter? And we're feeling maybe a little, a little down that it's, you know, things are difficult in our lives. In all circumstances, Paul says, we should give thanks. You know, someone's noted that there are generally two types of people. Um, those who have a sense of gratitude and those who have a sense of entitlement. And when we look at our world today, you know, our society is focused on what I'm entitled to what my rights are. And, you know, there's lots of uh, debates in the social and political arena about health care rights, abortion rights, racial equality, marriage equality, wage equality. You know, we're focused on what we are entitled to. And when, when that's our approach, sometimes it's kind of hard to give thanks because even, you know, even maybe when we're getting some of what we think we deserve, we always think, well, it ought to be a little bit better, you know, when we, we take that approach of thinking about our rights or what we're owed. And that makes it difficult to give thanks in all circumstances. 
In order to do what Paul instructs us to do, there needs to be a a shift in how we think about giving thanks, what it means to say thank you. As biblical thanksgiving is expressed first to someone rather than for things. We look at several verses here. Psalm 118.1, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Ephesians 5.20 says, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 1.3, Paul says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Now, each of those verses have a, there's a four in there, but they start with two. Who do we give thanks to? And when we have that approach, when that's our first thought, who am I giving thanks to, it becomes easier to be thankful in all situations, in all circumstances. Ephesians 1 in verse 3 goes on in uh, verse 4 where Paul says, you know, he says we're to, to praise God, to be thankful for him. Because in Jesus Christ, he has chosen us in him, in Jesus, before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to adoption, uh, to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace, that he lavished on us. You know, there's a lot of deep theological words Paul throws around there about redemption and forgiveness and adoption. But the bottom line of all of that, to boil it down, it means we're accepted by God. We give thanks to him because he loves us. They demonstrated that love through Jesus, that we are forgiven, we're accepted, He loves us in all circumstances. We are to be grateful to God for his goodness, his love, his grace. And no matter what our other circumstances are here on earth, our primary circumstance is that we are in Christ. And in Christ, we have been blessed, Paul says, with every spiritual blessing in heaven to be part of God's family, to be accepted. You know, that is that, you know, another phrase, and we use it here, and it's thrown around a lot in society, about whose life matters. That's what Paul is saying in Ephesians, that we matter to God. When we learn to be thankful to God for who he is, we can learn to be thankful in all circumstances. You know, and we have to focus on that fact that what our true circumstance is, that we are part of God's family, that we are loved by God, we are accepted by God. We often see gratitude, again, in terms of things that we have. You know, and we should be thankful for those things. We, you know, we're thankful for our house, our job, food on the table, our family, health, and all these things are important, and it's, a, it's right that we should express thanksgiving for them. But what if, like Job, 
All these things vanished overnight. What if we lost your home or you lose your job? Someone in your family is involved in a tragic accident. Cancer strikes, takes a loved one away before their time. You know, that reduces that thanksgiving for, but it doesn't change thanksgiving to. We are thankful to God. You know, because some pretty bad things can happen and do happen in our lives at times. You know, someone came up to me one time. They were all they were very cheery and and very positive and said, Life is good, isn't it? You know, and it was one of those days that life wasn't very good for me that day. And it was at a point, you know, most of the time I would have probably just said, Yeah, yeah, you know, and kind of ignored the comment and and let it go. But it was one of those days and a point in my life where I didn't. They said, life is good, isn't it? And I said, life sucks. And they looked at me and tried to back away, but I had a hold of their hand. But I, I looked them in the eye and said, but God is good. That's being able to be thankful too. Because our lives sometimes are very difficult. Sometimes life stinks. But God is good. And we can always be thankful to him. No matter what our outward circumstances, there is that one circumstance that never changes. We are in Christ. We are blessed in Christ. We are accepted by God because of who he is you know, it doesn't depend on us and what we've done or, or where we're at in our life. We can be thankful to God. In Habakkuk 3, verses 17 and 18, and I didn't give these verses to him, but Habakkuk says, Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food and there are no sheep in the pens and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. You know, today, if that were written, rather than talking about fig trees and olive uh, crops, we might say, you know, even when gas is extremely expensive, you know, or, or milk or eggs or health care, or in, when all of those things have risen, and, you know, and economic times are hard, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Thanksgiving begins with our attitude toward God and our relationship with him. He is the circumstance we live in. Then we can give thanks in all circumstances. Because whatever else might be going on around me, the one true circumstance for me is I am blessed by God. I am part of his family. I am accepted by him. So from a biblical perspective, we give thanks to God and we learn to give thanks in all circumstances because we are loved and forgiven and that is our primary focus. And from a biblical perspective, 
Gratitude is expressed in thankful lives, not just thankful voices. Again, too often we look upon gratitude as simply good manners. You know, what's one of the first things we teach our children? You know, to say thank you. You know, that if someone does something for them, gives them something, you know, we prompt them. You know, now what do we say? Say thank you. But gratitude at its deepest level is more than simply writing a thank you note or saying thank you or setting aside a time of the year where we reflect on all that we have. Thanksgiving should become a lifestyle to us. We must understand that people who are truly thankful reflect it in their lives every day. I mentioned Job while ago. Job, in spite of losing his family, his possessions, even his health, could say, he says in verse 1, after all this tragedy has hit him, he falls to the ground in worship and says, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Later in Job, he says, though he slay me, though God kills me in this, yet will I hope in him. And in Job 19, he says, I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end, he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. I and not another, how my heart yearns within me. Job could give thanks to God in all circumstances. You know, we worry about a lot of things in our life, about a lot of bad things happening that usually never materialize. For Job, they all materialized. And in a short period of time, Job continued to praise God. You know, his, his wife said, just curse God and die. And Job remained faithful to God. And despite whatever the negative things that have happened in our life, I don't think any of us have experienced the depth, the breadth of tragedy in our lives that Job has. And that doesn't minimize the difficult things that we have gone through. But it goes back to that attitude of entitlement. What am I really entitled to? Now, when it comes to our, our human relationships, you know, th- there are some expectations of how we should be treated and, and discrimination in, you know, in any form is, is wrong. But what am I really entitled to? What is my right? Really nothing. You know, everything that I have, that you have, even our lives are a gift from God. Life can be hard. Life isn't fair. But God is good. And our lives need to reflect that, not just our words. 
You know, and that's what was happening to the nation of, of Israel and their expressions of gratitude to God and their worship of God. And there was a problem that through their praise services, through their, their off, some of their offerings were sacrifices for, for guilt or for sin, but many of their offerings were thank offerings to God. They were to express thanksgiving. And those, um, those expressions of worship became a mockery to God. God, through the prophet Isaiah, warned them that their worship of him was worse than meaningless because it didn't match their lives. In Isaiah 1, God, God tells them, he says, stop bringing me meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, convocations, I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Your new moon feasts and your appointed festivals, I hate with all my being. They become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. The problem was that their lives didn't match what they were doing in worship. What they were expressing with their words in thanksgiving didn't match how they were living. Now, that's some pretty strong words for God to say, you know, I hate what you're doing. You know, it's detestable to me. Their lives didn't match their words. We, we cannot praise God in our words and then dishonor him in our lives. True thanksgiving in all circumstances is a reflection of our life, not just our words. And Jesus tells the disciples and tells us in the Sermon on the Mount a kind of a similar thought. When he talks about the person who goes to make their offering before God, but they have a grudge against their brother. You know, Jesus said, it's better, you know, leave your gift there, forget your worship for a moment, and go and make things right. And then come back and worship God. Our lives need to match our words. When we offer thanksgiving, it is more than just words, it is our lives. Colossians 3.17, Paul says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever we do, is to be an expression of thanksgiving to God. So biblically, thanksgiving is expressing to God our obligation to him, our appreciation to him, our humility before him, just as those different meanings of thanksgiving in different cultures, all of those get expressed, not just in our words, but our lives. Now, you know, and it, it's, it's already started on uh, TV. I mean, you know, with the Hallmark Christmas movies and all, you know, there's lots of Christmas movies out there. And one of the favorite ones from in our family is The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. You know, the Dr. Seuss book, that great philosopher. 
Uh, and, you know, there have been several movies made from that particular book. And um, one of those movies, the, um, the live action one with Jim Carrey, was kind of became a favorite in our family. I don't know how many times I've seen it. Um, when it initially came out on DVD, uh, Kelly Romans um, and her family were living with us, and her, do- her oldest daughter at the time was uh, named Shelby. But she watched that movie so many times, my nickname for her was Shelby Lou Who. And to this day, that's what I call her. But if you recall in that story, how the Grinch enters all the homes, you know, through their chimney, disguised as Santa Claus, he takes all their presents, all their ornaments, the trees, the stockings, you know, um, all of the food out of the refrigerator, everything down to the last little morsel. And he drags the loot up to his mountain and he looks down on Whoville, you know, with his sinister grin. And he's waiting for Christmas morning, waiting, listening for the cries and the wailings of the people to, as they start to wake up and discover that Christmas has been stolen. But what he hears surprises him. And I can quote here from Dr. Seuss, every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came Somehow or other, it came just the same. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled three hours till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. I want us to rephrase those last lines to take out Christmas and put in Thanksgiving. And I'm not the poet that Dr. Seuss was, but maybe Thanksgiving doesn't come from turkey and dressing. Maybe Thanksgiving doesn't come from health and family. Maybe true Thanksgiving has to come from deeper within. Maybe Thanksgiving comes from God who loves us in all circumstances so that we may express thanks to him in all circumstances. True thanksgiving is expressed to God in all circumstances through our lives and our words. That's my challenge for you this morning and not for just this week as you uh, prepare for that family time with, uh, with on Thanksgiving Day and the meal and everything, and I hope that is it's truly a good day of blessing for you and something you can be thankful for. But in all things, be thankful to God. If you're outside of Christ this morning, may you don't have that one circumstance that the rest of us have of being in Christ and being blessed by God and forgiven by God so that all the other circumstances revolve around it. If you need to make a decision like that, there'll be an opportunity to do it. Uh, I'll be back at the back, Adam will, there'll be other leaders around that can talk with you about that and discuss the next step. Or if you just need to talk to someone about some of the difficulties and struggles that are going on in your life, there'll be that opportunity as well. But in all things, all circumstances, 
give thanks to God. I think our caught maybe the worship team uh, a little ended a little earlier than they expect. I told them I didn't know I've been preaching out at Pleasant Ridge, and I just kind of preached for quite a while there. I don't have to stop at a particular time. So as they come up, let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for today, and we thank you that we can be here in this house and to worship you and to honor you. And I pray that what we have done here and said this morning truly does glorify you. But I pray more than that, that our lives in this coming week and in the coming year would be expressions of thanks to you for all you've done. And that by doing that, we will point people to Christ, that they will be drawn to him and know the love and the hope and the acceptance we have through Christ. And it's in his name that I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining in with us today. We hope that you were blessed by this message and that you were drawn deeper in faith with Jesus. If you have any questions or want to continue the conversation, please feel free to email us at info at rsccfamily.org. Thanks for the listen and have a great day.